Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Joelle, and we are back. This is Conversational Elevation with the Vibrarian. And unfortunately, we have some technical difficulties uh, with the last feed. It just kind of stopped in the middle, so we're going to have to splice this together so that we can have the continuity of conversation on the replay. So, uh, we were talking about influence and the currency and the exchange and the value of our energy that we put into things and why that is important to brands and companies and folks who want to pay us for that time. So, you know, we were talking about the positive power of once people begin to hear you on your platform and begin to pay attention to what you're saying, that nine times out of ten, that it is, you know, very positive. But discovering the the dark underside, I won't even say it's dark, uh, because it's just the reality of the current economy is that there are fake profiles and bots that you can purchase to boost yourself, to put yourself out in front of people in a way that they would not take notice of you uh, with these algorithms on Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, until you start to reach certain numbers. So there are people who have created whole businesses off of fake reviews, fake interactions, fake likes, and they're saying that, you know, for some of the largest people who have the most amount of followers, that it is known that over half of the followers are fake bots, right? And so there's no uh, structure in place to clean this up. There's no desire to clean it up because there's still money changing hands. Um, so, you know, if uh, Kim Kardashian is paid a group of money in order to talk to you about why she uses a particular product, then for the people who, for whom Kim Kardashian is a person of note, then they are going to follow her advice and take her, her recommendation at face value and then spend their money and the reason that she receives the endorsements is because they know that a certain amount of people are, are going to buy something because she tells them that she's using it and they want to be like her. So it's a different version of the same transaction that I talked about with my friend who went on sabbatical and changed her life and took a year off for herself to do self-care, who influenced me to do the same thing in my own way a, a year later. Two different scenarios, but it's still the same premise. So, you know, it's just interesting because I'm not necessarily one who will be influenced by a brand power to do something, but I will certainly be influenced by my peer group and, and even people who I don't personally know that I think are positive voices I'm influenced to do things all the time by them, by a quote that they put out, by a meditation that they recommend, by um, a a particular practice that they're speaking about, such as sound healing or, you know, which crystals to use. I am influenced all the time. So what I'm influenced to do is firstly to pay attention 
to the ecosystems where these things are shared. So I'm on Instagram and um, Facebook to a lesser degree, but I'm on there and I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm being amused. I'm being entertained. I'm learning things. Uh, For every one thing that I learn, I'm passing 10 other pictures or posts that really are shiny and sparkly, but not necessarily adding to my overall positive quotient. Um, And some of them I scroll pretty quickly by because I already know that they're not necessarily engaging to me. But I don't spend the time to then clean up who I follow. I just move more quickly through my feed. But the very act of me engaging in that time on Instagram, even to use and be aware of those things, time is what we have. So if I have spent an hour scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and in the period of that hour, I've been uplifted like 50% of the time and then blah 50% of the time, then I look at the value of that time, and I'm always then saying, was this time well spent, or did I waste my currency, which is my energy? What is interesting is if you look at, uh, like, the movie The Social Dilemma, you will find out that the programmers and engineers, they know when we pause scrolling. They know where our eyes have tracked on the screen in terms of a side ad or a post. And they have built profiles and understanding of us as behavioral uh, behavioral analysis of profiles to know that by moving something from the left to the screen or to the right of the screen can actually uh, compel us to do something differently, to pause for a few milliseconds. Um, the marketers who are very successful understand that in order to capture your gaze of attention, motion needs to be uh, started in a certain few milliseconds after your eye processes it and that it will hook your brain into paying attention before you even become conscious of that. So to me, that is like a, a kind of like, whoa, <laughs> part of the scenario to know that the people who have made these systems know much more about me and my behavior than I do. And I consider myself to be a conscious and woke person, but I'm no behavioral scientist. I'm not a marketing scientist. I'm a librarian, so I understand how people search for information and information-seeking behaviors. But, uh, you know, in a Google world where Google puts search engine results in the place that they have decided that they'd be ranked rather than by actual relevancy to the content that helps the person, then it is like a false paradigm of what our information reality really is. If you are out there interacting in a world where half the people are fake, they're not even real people where half the, the reason that you're seeing something is because there has been a, a push of fakeness in order to put them out in front of you. 
would you have really ever seen them had it not been for that boost and for the dollars paid for that boost so that you did? Uh, you know, one of the challenges as a small business person in terms of marketing uh, myself or services and the people that I work with and bringing them out to others is that the playing field is not level when it comes to being able to devote your resources to the, the same spend that like the big brands do. But what I have adopted even before beginning to participate in these systems is that I am not going to, um, I guess it's like look all the way into the light. Like I'm aware of the systems and I understand somewhat how they work, but my influence is not dependent on my using these systems. I believe that my influence and my ability to affect people in a positive way begins inside from my very frequency. And that even when I walk through like a grocery store or outdoors in the world, that my frequency is more influential influential than any amount of money that I could have spent on a Facebook ad campaign or to boost an Instagram post. So my first tier of reliance is just to be my most authentic self and to vibrate at the highest frequency possible at any given time. And I trust and I allow and I understand and know that there are people who I have influenced that I will never, ever know about. That it will be the person who passed by me walking in the opposite direction that after they walked by, they just felt happier inside. And they didn't know why because it was happening with them at a cellular level so that they uh, were transmitted my frequency and were never the actual wiser. So, uh, you know, one of the uh, beautiful lights that I love uh, being connected to is Carolyn Munden. Um, you know, she's on Instagram as well, and she posts a lot of stuff about, like, currently she's posting about what books she's reading and quotes that inspire her. And, you know, she... Uh, posted things for her business and for her services. And, of course, I have engaged her in terms of doing coaching with her at different times because not because of uh, the marketing material that she sent me, but because I came to know her and see how she was living her life, not just in social media, but through personal interactions. And because I saw the level of peace that she was just that exhibiting in my through my observational lens, I said, well, I could learn something from her. So I went to a series of weekly coaching for a period of time, and it was beautiful. But one of the things she said at one point is that her guys been talking about, you know, getting messages out if there is such a thing. She said, did Jesus have a social media manager? Did he have a, did Jesus tweet? 
did you know did he post dope Instagram quotes? No. Yet and still here we are, you know, 2021 years after you know the person we think of as Jesus in the most common sense. I'm not here to debate all that, but um, you know we think of him. And here his influence of what would Jesus do? <laughs> would you be Christ-like in your response to your fellow man is here. And they weren't even like audio recording his preaching and there was no map of where his stops were going to be on his book tour as he was traveling around Canaan and Galilee, right? And yet here is the message that the message and the energy of being unconditional love to your fellow man and your fellow mankind is that, you know, um, we are able to become like him in a way. (laughs) And here we are. 2,000 years later still with people who are endeavoring to embody his message as we have come to understand it. And, of course, there are those who say, you know, what we have is the propaganda version when the marketing managers got together and they decided to, you know, create the stories of his life. Then, of course, it's through third person experiences of of Jesus, right? So, so much of what we are seeing in our social lives and in our Facebook feeds is the public face, the official version of ourselves. And many people, if you were to find out that they are deeply unhappy personally, even though all you would see is that they are happy and in marital bliss and their kids are all well-behaved and they're doing well on their job. But as soon as that post goes away, then you find out that, you know, if you really touch them on the inside, that they are not so happy and they're miserable or they're in a mental health crisis. And we would never know because we're looking through the prism of the social lens. That everybody wants to put their spin on it, right? One of the most significant things to me that I continually remember, and I'm sure that the social networks and sites want us to not recall this, is there is a whole big wide world happening that is never captured on social media. There are people living their best lives, enjoying their vacations, who don't even own a phone, don't Instagram, don't tweet, don't TikTok, none of that. And yet when they are on their vacation and having the time of their life and their dream uh, experience that they have created for themselves, their energy is still influencing other people around them. I would like to think that actually the majority of the world is existing outside of the influencer reality. And that's the truth. But, you know, they would have us to think that if you're not on Facebook and you're not on Instagram, then you are somehow going to be left out. 
I think that it's very key to think about the fact that not having a television to influence you or to tell lies to your vision, as they say in our popular, uh, you know, content, uh, if we step out of what TV tries to influence in terms of what our reality looks like, if we step outside of what the media outlets, the newspapers, the TV channels tell us is the news and realize that there is news happening in our friends and family life on a daily basis, daily basis. It's news when, you know, um, uh, a friend got a promotion at work, and you never saw about it on Facebook. You never saw about it on Instagram, but it's still important news. It would never make it to Fox 5 Atlanta or CNN that this person, you know, may have lost a loved one, right? But it's still news. And so being careful to not be shaped into this mold that says, if it ain't happening on social media, then it ain't really happening. Well, I just reject that as a premise. And I'm going to continue to live my life in that way, but give space, recognizing those places for what they are, but stepping out of them and keeping my perspective more balanced that there is a whole large reality happening uh, by people who I can observe and experience consciously, energetically, and that I also am experiencing without being consciously aware of it, just through proximity. It's very freeing to begin to look outside of that bubble because it can put a lot of pressure on people. It can put a lot of pressure on business people who are like, well, I, I'm not really good at this, but now I have to do it, and I've got to find time to do it, and it just stresses me out, and I'm always making mistakes, and I don't have any followers, and I don't have any friends, and that's all on top of the fact that they're trying to do the service or the thing it is that is their actual business and don't have time to do it because they're trying to do something that, that we've been told that we have to do? What is the currency exchange of your energy that is the cost of your social interactions? Now, if you are, you know, trying out so many things that all of a sudden a brand says, hey, we want you to try this out, send it to, we're going to send it to you, and then all you got to do is talk about it, you know? I mean, if I received an oracle card deck and wanted to use it, of course, then I would I'd be like very thankful and grateful that I received it. However, my goal is not to make myself so popular that people do that. Um, you know, as I share the things that I do on my channels and on my YouTube and on my Instagram, you know, I don't pay, I, I don't participate in the ad sharing program on YouTube uh, just because I, you know, I don't necessarily want to insert ads in my content. And I believe that, you know, spirit will align the people who need to hear me in spirit's way. And that spirit is way more powerful than the YouTube algorithm, right? 
Um, so I believe that the people who I am meant to have as clients or to be connected to socially or as friends, I rely on the larger system of our energetic connection that exists outside of these technology-based infrastructures. Now, does that mean that I am living small or playing it small? Quite possibly. But I have also watched people who have played the game and who have grown their channels to the place where they are uh, they are earning revenue to the tunes of thousands of dollars a month. I, I know for people who play video games, you know, the whole Twitch system of being able to attract people to watching you play video games to the point where you are making thousands of dollars per month just because people enjoy watching you do what you do. What do we lose in doing our own thing while we are paused looking at others do their thing? It's kind of like the magician trick when you look to see what shell is the ball underneath, right? Where did it go? Uh, follow the ball, right? And things change hands and it's pushed over to the other. So if we are caught up in this ecosystem where we spend hours playing at it or being attention focused to it, that is our energy. And time can be money. Time can be your freedom. Time can be what you contribute to your work. And if time, if you're spending time seeing what you want to purchase, what you want to see, what you want to consume, not only have you devoted the time to the research or the activity of being shown it, but then you're going to actually spend your money to purchase that thing. So now you've had a double toll, your money, which is your work effort energy, and then your attention time which is also then time that you're not spending doing other things, such as taking care of yourself and talking with people and family and friends and being outdoors or reading a book or not contemplating what you want to spend. So it's a very, very kind of nuanced and delicate tightrope of living in the influence economy that where everything around you is designed to capture your attention with the ultimate goal of your intention attention being converted to an intention, which is when then you decide you're going to go buy or participate or do something that you've seen. And then the energy that you actually then incur in the manifested realm of bringing that thing to yourself. So it's three levels of things that have just siphoned off bits of you. Now, it's all positive when you feel like that you are beginning to be validating people and that, you you know, you're seen as having the voice of authority and people take your recommendations. Like, we always love to tell somebody where to go eat. You know, when you're over here, so-and-so, you need to check out such-and-such place. And then they go and they eat there and they come back around, oh, my God, it was the best barbecue ever, right? Uh we went on the diners, dive, drive-ins and dives tour, uh, you know, across, on one of the cross-country drives. I took uh, me and my bestie stopped at uh, like three or four places, and we went from state to state based on where we had seen 
God-fearing stuff, right? And so luckily, on that trip, all the places we went to were good, right? So God's recommendations were cool, but I went to other places that he recommended that were not that great. And other people were like, you know, it really was not that great to me either. But because somebody famous said it was great and you should try it, then all of us went driving around our TV food maps to go try it. And I've been very, like, disappointed and defensive even at times until I checked myself when somebody has come back and said, that wasn't good. I don't know why you thought that that food there was good. That food was terrible. And then I found myself being, like, defensive, like, well, what did you order? Well, it must have been an off day. Like, so I have gotten involved in that transaction to a degree that may not be healthy because I got overly invested in my word, my energy being seen as not having the right mindset or the right palate or the right rating scale on that thing. And so I had to like learn to step back from that whole experience and say, wait a second, I've been trapped up in a little matrix bubble. Right? I didn't cook the food in the back. It's not my recipe. You know, if, I, if they don't like it, then it's nothing personal and my tastes are my own. Right, so there's a negative experience and backlash from the whole influence economy that's just as negative as you know my nephew sitting there waiting for somebody seventeen thousand times to just tell him that he was heard, that he mattered, even if it was only a retweet or a like. <laughs> you know, I was just as vulnerable in that instance as he was in his youthfulness. Right? So it wasn't just because he was young and silly, because he had gotten caught up in the system as have I. So it's just so much to talk about with this whole idea of energy exchange, which is all influence is. It's recognizing that we are constantly out there putting out output. We are putting out our energy, our effort, and attention into things, and then we are sharing with others what we normally would have just kept to ourselves, but we now have a place where we can go share what it is we're interested in and what has our attention, what we like, what we want to do, what we're experiencing. We have a way of constantly broadcasting that now if we choose to. And then we receive a constant feedback loop of, ooh, like, oh, that was cool, heart, views, comments, shares, right? We, we get that constant validation of what happens then when we don't. You have to engage in these systems in a way that is aware and that is holistic. So being awakened to the fact that there is this economy where your energy is desired. It is desired by places that want your energy to be converted to the hours and minutes that you spend and then the money that you take out of your pocket to further bring energy towards yourself. And what you always want to make sure is that there is not an imbalance in the output versus the input. So 
anytime that your attention is focused more on other people's experiences of things, if you're spending six hours scrolling through your Facebook feed rather than six hours actually going and doing something, then your output has been greater than what you receive by it. Now, if you are experiencing in that whole six hours nothing but positivity and that is your way of reaching the world because you're in isolation and quarantine and all that, and that little connection to the world is what keeps you feeling sane and happy and that you have community and family, then you already assess that the value return on your energetic investment is worthwhile. That is absolutely true for you, but always know what is flowing out versus what is flowing in. And when uh, it's too easy to keep scrolling, 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 engaged in activities that ultimately are not actually bringing you that positive flow back, we've been taught to factor those things out and just continue scrolling even longer until we can get up to our quotient of energy fix for the day. You know, it's it's just so interesting. I would invite you to watch uh, both the Social Dilemma um, uh, documentary and Fake Famous because the experiment that they did, I'm not going to, you know, give away the big reveal, but it, would, it definitely makes you look at things differently. One of the reasons why I like documentaries because they are uh, based on a not scripted reality. You, you know, they're based on showing something in its actual impact and truest form. And so, uh, for those of us who exist in a socially networked reality, I think it's very important to understand the true context and parameters of that reality matrix before you engage too much in it. Always look to see, are you under the influence of something external to yourself? And if you are finding your scale tip too far to the external, that, you know, I have to be here, I have to get this, or I feel bad about my life because what I'm seeing in the social fractal makes everybody else's lives look so good. then your scale has tipped to a place where being under the influence is not healthy for you. And if you get to a point where you're over it, you're like, you know, like I'm over it. I don't need to see uh, certain things that no longer have effect on me. They no longer, you know, have the glamour effect on me to where I'm like, oh, I got to have it. I got to do it. I got to go. Well, then you're over over it, and that's a good place to be as well. But if it begins to make you feel bad and you're like, I'm over the fact that I have lack and that I'm not doing this and all that, I don't want to change my life because you're not keeping up with the Joneses, then examine that indicator as well. One of the things that I was mentioning about, you know, being a, you know, in the ecosystem, even as a YouTuber where you're getting paid advertisement and you've been able to earn money to a point where you can leave your day job and begin to be existing solely as a 
Twitter or YouTuber or influencer? Well, I've seen people whose YouTube monetization cuts off because YouTube says that they're going to cut it off and YouTube reserves the right to do that. And I've seen people in crisis saying, oh my gosh, my whole family was dependent on this and there's nothing we can do now. And please, you know, people help us, our people who've supported us to this level over a period of years that we took to invest our time and effort into building this. And now it's harder for them to build it back because the game has gotten more difficult and that impacts people's lives in a very real way. I saw a young one lady who was ready to, you know, go to YouTube headquarters because it was like $4,000 for her that was basically said that she no longer earned and she had already planned and accounted and put in the effort and the hours doing readings and those kind of things uh, to the degree that it was in her budget. (laughs) And so when that arbitrary to her decision was made to not pay her that dividend, she got out of balance very quickly. But when you agree to experience the, the economic benefit of being an influencer, what happens when you are no longer the person to follow, when you're no longer the it person, when you're no longer the trendy person, when something evolves and the next new hotness is out, is out what happens if you have not figured out the formula for that new thing. It can make you out of balance, despondent. It can be disastrous for you financially. And the toll of the energy that you need to keep putting in to feed the system in order to continue continue being in front of people and capturing their attention when we know people are fickle, it can take its toll. And I've seen people trying to do daily, daily activities and updates. And, you know, there's that saying, you got to spend money to make money. Well, you know, you got to spend time in, in these systems in order to get money out of these systems if that is the economy that you have decided to follow. Always look at the toll and the rate of energy exchange that is asked of you and that you volunteer into, look at it to be aware and look at the larger picture beyond just the activity. You are a wealth of energy. You are a wealth. You are valuable. You are an asset. What you spend your attention and energy on is, first of all, important to you, and second of all, it is important to those others that you Contribute your awareness to focus on them. Make sure that you are getting the proper return on your investment and that you are not going to be affected by a crash in your energetic markets, if you will. (laughs) And make sure that there is a long-term return on all that you invest with all that you are. So I thank you for joining me this evening through the technical difficulties. We're going to patch this episode together and get it out there. 
And um, if you have anything you would like to say about influence, please pop over, of course, uh, send me an email or pop over to the Facebook page and leave a comment in the episode notes. And if you're seeing this out in one of the podcast directories, then uh, I hope that it finds you. I know that it finds you in the right and divine time. I'll be back next week at 8 p.m. on Thursday for more conversational elevation. And we will continue our experience of elevating ourselves and empowering ourselves to be the best versions of ourselves out in this world and to be a positive influence just by being us. So know that the light in me absolutely honors the light in you. Namaste.